Welcome to Sunday Chats 969, the podcast where you can listen back to interviews that were first broadcast on All FM 96.9. We are an award-winning community radio station based in South Manchester. And on today's episode, we are chatting to the wonderful David Wilburn from Broken Face Comics about his latest creation, Plain Jane, a comic, one of the first set in Manchester. This episode was first broadcast on the 6th of August 2023. And now I am joined by our second real voice of Manchester today, who is the fantastic David Wilburn from Broken Face Comics. Welcome to the, the show, David. Great to speak to you. Uh, nice nice to be here, Ruth. <laughs> I've been inviting you since like May. I know. We just we finally found the, the right weekend. And this this is a very important weekend because it's it's the weekend that wraps up your latest um, Kickstarter. So before we get into what Kickstarter is and why you've de- de- decided to do it, um, I just want to say like I've had lots of authors on, but not comic book authors and I do still see it as you being an author even though you're yeah. producing a, a comic um, so it's a very strong storyline that, that you've got here with Plainer Jane um, and I, I was wondering did it always start its life as a comic was this always going to be a comic or was it something that was going to be maybe just um, a thriller a novel no, I from the start I knew this had to be represented kind of in a right. visu- in a visual format. But okay. I mean, you're right in saying I mean it, it is the same job as being a, a yeah. novelist. You have you know it's the same. You have to come up with a plot. You have to plot and and structure a story in the same way. It's just the way you present it on the page that's different. Mm-hmm. And you've got. Um, a bit of a, a theatrical background. I mean, we, we did a bit of drama together a <laughs> we couple did. of um, months ago. Um, but I was thinking that w- when you write for a, for a comic book, you're actually you're setting the scenes out, out yeah. there, aren't you, in a way that you wouldn't do with a normal novel? Yeah, well, no, I, I mean, I trained as... A, I was a drama student, trained as an actor, and then later I trained as a circus performer, which is what I wow. spent my professional okay. career. I spent 15 years touring as a circus performer. So, yeah, presenting things visually has always yeah. been something I've done. But I also, I also used to, when I was a drama school, I used to write plays. And I carried okay. on writing. I was writing more stage shows, which is less involved, I suppose, than writing a novel. It's more plotting out the, the, mm. the structure of a stage show. But I always, I always carried on writing. Right, so okay. I always wanted to continue writing. It's always something that's been important to me. Brilliant. Well, I didn't know that you had a, a circus performance I background. Did. I did. What? What, what did you do? I cannot see you as a clown. I think your humour is a bit... Although clowns I, are a bit dark. No, but. I did I did train in clown. I never. I, I did perform a few times as a clown, but not your traditional red-nosy... Yeah. Yeah. The dark, jokery kind of clown. It was a bit it? dark. No it, was, no, it wasn't. It was more... Uh, it was more Harpo from the Marx Brothers. Oh, okay. It was more silent comedy. Right, okay. It was more knockabout silent comedy wow, type yeah. stuff. But I didn't do a lot of clown work. So it, we're in action. has got to, like... Yeah portray a thousand words kind of thing wow okay but this is dark humor jane is dark (laughs) it is pretty it's a pretty dark story i I mean i like to i like to show off manchester in my writing but perhaps Mm. this doesn't show the best side of manchester (laughs) well the the, the more the stabbier side yeah okay would be fair (laughs) where where did the the sense that 
Was it kind of important for you to to balance the darkness with this humour? Because we're we're kind of um, introduced to the the humour from the onset, straight away. You you, you can tell what what Jane's humour is. And I don't know how much you want to go into the the character of Jane because we don't really want to be given out too many um, spoilers, I, I suppose. But the, the basic premise is, is that she, she she started off being like a, a hit man, a hit girl for um, uh, people with annoying pets that just wanted to well, get rid of. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and so... It escalated. I mean, look, at her heart, she's, she's a young girl, well, a young woman, really. She's 17. She's in, she's in that place in her life where everyone is saying, you need to pick a career. Yes. Everyone's, you know, she's got multiple people, friends, family, are saying, you need to decide what you want to do with your future. Mm-hmm. And really, all she wants to do is kill people. That's that's what she wants to do. She's a, she's she's a psychopath in in the end. That's what she is. Mm. So she, quite cleverly, comes up with a way of turning that into a career. Yeah, she, logical choice. She takes a job in in well, she, she, she takes a course in being a nurse because that keeps people off her back yeah. and allows her to stay close to certain you know piece of information yeah. that might help her out and she goes on the dark web looking for jobs mm. of course they don't know they're booking a 17 year old <laughs> young woman yeah. they just know that here's a name mm. it's, you know this person will do this for this much money mm-hmm. and yeah so the first the first thing she does is kills a a, a very annoying dog yeah yeah yes. and again there's humor in that straight away it's kind of um this is something that that I often um ask guests it's about how do you create a, a likable uh, character that's doing bad things yeah no you know to be honest i think she was likable by accident really i mean not that i'd wanted to make it dislikable but i just felt i found i found the way i was writing her and then the way i think you come to a point when you're writing something that it stops kind of coming from you in a way the character mm. starts informing you yeah what they what they want to of do course. next yeah and she yeah she's like she's she's very likable and i didn't necessarily plan for that I just wrote a character that I liked. Yeah, no, that's yeah. interesting. And then yeah. it, that came across in the character. Yeah, no. Well, the the other thing that is like so interesting is is that you, you as a male author, I do get male authors that write like strong female leads, but you as a male author, and when you look at the whole like comic book industry, it's not really targeted towards creating very strong female characters, no, is it? No, it isn't. I mean the. The, the the sad I mean one of the sad facts is that the most female characters you you might not see it in mainstream comics but most female characters have been presented in a very erotic way to sell to a certain you know if you, if you yeah. want to have success if you want to have financial success as an indie comic comics writer mm. write just erotic female characters right, because yeah. you will make a lot of money yeah because the, because there is a certain large section of of the comic audience that is mm. a certain type of male that will just eat that up if you want to write a good female character. Hmm. that has real agency and is really the central character in her own life as hmm. well as the people you know the, the people around her you, you're going to have a harder time of it but people will you know I would say that at least two-thirds of my audience is male right okay so they respond to that character they have responded to that character yeah so yeah it's, it's it is sadly niche but it, I think yeah. it's growing I think people are becoming more willing to you know most most indie comic readers are male and traditionally they've only been interested in male characters but i think that's starting to change i think they're starting to see a world outside of, of their kind of male character driven yeah. life 
Uh huh. And and I think um, as well, it it means that you're bringing like a, a sense of originality by from, from what you're doing. It's almost like you're not doing exactly the same as everyone else is doing in in the comic book world. Yeah. Again, it wasn't intentional. I just the first thing that came to my head was the name of the book. Yeah. Which then guaranteed that had to be. You know, then yeah. that like, I, I just the the, the name the words plainer Jane came into me and I just thought that's a great that's just a nice it just feels nice it's got a nice ring to it. And it then, feels like you never expect what it's going to be. <laughs> no, in a way, yeah. No. And then the character was very quickly grew from there. I said, well, who is plainer Jane? And that was mm. it was fairly easy from there to get who she was. Yeah, not not just plain Jane, but plainer yeah. Jane. It's like how can you get even plainer? Exactly. Um, and yeah. as well, it's it's. It's this whole I, I I don't know, girls living in a in a male world where like oh she's too plain to be anything interesting or, or whatever very misogynistic yeah. isn't it, it? it? Well, she she certainly uses that. I mean, if you know, in the first the, the first murder you see her carry out, even though it's a flash forward, she yeah. she goes to you know to the to a man's house and just says you know I've lost my dog, kind of looking in the back garden. Yeah. And he completely lets her go. In a way, if she had been a, a young male, young, you know, yeah. young man knocking what, on that door, yeah. his guard would be not. But because mm. she presented as this just harmless in, you know, air <laughs> yeah. quotes, yeah. it helps and, and it continually helps her throughout the book. Yes. Not just being being a very plain person, <laughs> you know, but also yeah. being being younger, being female. Yeah. She and uses that and she learns, she, learns, she doesn't realise it at first how she can use it, but she starts to. Mm. It becomes her so, best weapon. So, 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 so plain, so, so unassuming. Um, but you introduce other characters in into this as as it goes on. Jane is always the main one. Yeah. And then you then then you've introduced some other characters. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that this this dynamic that you have created because there are continually strong female characters in this book. Well, there are yeah. Well, I mean, of course, her friend Cat, mm. who you know is. Uh, is a very loyal and strong friend that has, you know, has a very different and very, you know, she. I think she, in a way, kind of knows her friend isn't quite as, as, as plain yes. as everyone's. But you yeah. know, she she overlooks that because this is someone she's been friends with since mm. she's been, she's very young. But then we have a Carol Kremer, who's the chief inspector, mm-hmm. and she's looking into a series of what she thinks, at least at that point, are unconnected murders. Mm. Then you have a, a, the police officer blower called Louie, who's dealing he's supposed to be investigating these murders but he's really just dealing with his own grief from the from his wife who was shot by one of the gangsters sure. and so they all can and then of course you have Tugard who is the leader of the the local gang mm-hmm. council who calls himself the nexus <laughs> so they all they all kind of play off against each other as separate entities but of course eventually end up being forced together by Jane's actions yeah it, it, it's such an, an intricate plan that you have weaved a, a plot that you have weaved and you say that it's it's based in manchester where whereabouts in Man- is this is this an, an alternate manchester well, or are there certain parts of manchester that have really inspired you no there are certain specific parts of manchester that i, I really i certainly okay. want the, i want it to visually look and feel like manchester and, yeah and, yeah and yeah, maybe an alter a much darker alternative manchester i mean as far as i know we don't have a council <laughs> of gangs called the nexus you know, ruling the streets but maybe maybe yeah. we do and i just yeah. Heard of them, but yeah, it's a darker Manchester. But there are, so years ago, I used to work in a comic shop, for example, on Back Piccadilly. It's long, oh, wow. it's long since gone. So, so I specifically wanted to stage one of the one of the murders there. Okay, and then the comic shop is in is there. Yeah. In that. So I've tried oh, to recapture so you... little bits of my own Manchester from 
from when I was younger. Yeah. So, you know, and then, you know, there's murders happen in a Britannia hotel. There's quite a lot of scenes happen in a pub called Manchester, which is owned by my friend called the Star and Garter. And so I'm trying, I am trying to, to make it, to really make it sit as a, as a, to get as a location, feel, to get that, yeah. get that feel. And I think, like, um, your, your audience, the people that read this book from, from other countries, that they, they may get into this feeling, I want to go and see these yeah. places or yeah. something. Yeah, because I, I also have... A, the, the music of Manchester plays a, a big role in it. Yeah. You know, I, I, the, the chapter titles are all Joy Division songs. Well, for, I love for that. For example. And, yeah. you know, I use... You'll see little all over if you you know you have to kind of look carefully at the art but you'll see little references to Manchester bands and Manchester history kind of scattered yes. through I tried to hide a lot of it as little easter eggs some of it's some of it's quite blatant and others yeah. are just hidden yeah well that th- these comics are they going to be physical comics by the way yes they're actually going to they, be physical yeah, they, comics they are physical comics yeah okay so we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that I think we, we ought to play a, a Joy Division one okay. got, <laughs> she's lost control good choice and um You've, you've just informed me that that's like the last, the very last. The, yeah, which gives you gives you an idea of what happens in the fight. She she doesn't lose. <laughs> yeah, she loses control. So it's the chapter title. Well, yeah. So, so let's have a bit of this joy division, and she's lost control. Yeah. 
bit of Joy Division there where she has lost control. You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM with me, Ruth O'Reilly. And my real voice of Manchester live in the studio right, right now is the fantastic David Wilburn from Broken Face Comics. And we are actually a fast approaching the final hours of your major Kickstarter. Hey, we you- are, yes. <laughs> So, so it's been like such a, a whirlwind, and I just want to talk about that. What got you into the the idea that you wanted to have this as a Kickstarter specifically? Yeah, well, I, I when I first started writing it, I wasn't sure really how you go about publishing, and then I know there's there's various kind of you know there's various ways of self publishing, but it. it I saw a lot of indie of indie comic creators having quite a lot of success mm. publishing. Because it's, it's you know when you write a novel, I mean writing a novel is obviously a long arduous process, but it isn't a costly one apart, except in terms of time. Okay. You know, there's there's certain costs, there's covers and bits and pieces, but a comic book, I mean realistically, a 160 page graphic novel, which this is, you pro you would probably need to spend between thirty and forty thousand pounds. In order to fund the art, which and that's just I, the arts. That's not that's, even all the dis- well, no, no. I mean, when I'm no. yeah, no. I mean, I'm just to make the book. Yeah, not to yeah. distribute it. Not to to just to have a physical book. Yeah, you know, there's there's art, there's three or four different types of artists you've got to be employing to do it, and okay. there's letterers, editors. There's a lot. There's a lot in it. Mm. So I don't have thirty or forty thousand pounds. Yeah, what I did have was a small amount of money and an idea so I spoke to an artist I said look I'll pay you you know your going rate to 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 draw 10 pages mm. I will then launch a Kickstarter and if that Kickstarter pays for you know if, if that Kickstarter does well enough to pay for the rest of the book we'll go ahead and finish it so it did so so I, so in the end yeah. I, so my investment my personal investment to the to this artist was just over a thousand pounds but right, over okay. the course of multiple Kickstarters for each, because there's been seven issues, I've raised around £40,000, which is... That's fantastic. So you, it's possible to do it. You just have to go about it a little bit differently than you might expect. Gosh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I just like wanted to get into the, the, the geeky statistics of how, how many um, little scenes, say, for, for an average comic that they're needing to to illustrate for well, you. Well, I mean, you so each page you would you would describe it would be divided into panels, and most pages have between one and seven panels. But we'd say you'd average about four panels. So a hundred page comic, you're looking at four hundred panels mm. on average. Wow. Okay. So there's a, there's a lot of work to do, and then someone else has to come along then and colour those panels, and someone else has to come along and do add the, the words, the lettering oh. to those panels. So there's a lot of different skills involved in making a comic and no one person well no some sometimes one person can do it but for the most part few of us are skilled enough to do all of it and and do you actually sit down physically or is this all done remotely do you actually sit down physically with with the artist because i'm just like thinking did you have like very strong views about how jane would look because she's got like a a certain look you know i haven't i haven't met any of the people involved in real life Oh, in, wow. in, in yeah, and on knowing my new book, my next book, my my main artist is in Brazil, my colorist is in Canada, my letter is in England, but so I, but I, but I, but I've not met him. 
My uh, my cover artist is in Germany. They're all over the world. So they're all over the world. Yeah. Hardly anyone is, is actually in Manchester. I know. I mean, I would have loved to have had just yeah. someone from Manchester. It would have made my life so much easier. Yeah. But in the end, I found, I mean, I found a great artist in Brazil that's really, you know, I sent, I've sent him an, a lot of reference stuff. Hmm. And I've shown him music videos and I've kind of, I've tried to kind of teach him about Manchester, essentially. <laughs> Give wow. him a crash course in Manchester and he's done a great job. <laughs> Okay, so so what was the first thing that, that that you thought him about Manchester as a Brazilian then? Oh goodness me! Well, I sent the first thing I did was send him some music, but then I just sent him. I went out. I went out. It was during lockdown. I had to I had to go out anyway, so I took the opportunity to just take pictures of everything I thought was was the look that we needed, and I I sent him loads and loads of them. And he, he did really well, except one mistake is he sent me a page where everyone was driving on the right-hand side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> so he got the look right, but he missed that detail. So oh, gosh. Yeah, so I had to... Uh, yeah, so, so it's, it's a whole other level. To make him redo that. It's, it's like, it, it's not only trying to get your novel written and illustrated, but also educating yeah. <laughs> the international uh, workforce about, about Manchester. It's, it's so funny. Um, one thing that I love though about what you've done is with, with, with the lettering you've got like certain bits that, that are coloured in and we, we, we know immediately what, what that sentence means that's like the, the evil is emerging yeah yeah there's different the way lettering works is it's 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 not just you know in a novel it words on a page it has to it has to present more information than just the words so in a novel you could say you know she, she said angrily or he said sadly yeah in a in a comic book, the lettering has to tell you that. The, well, the lettering and the art together have to yeah. cooperate to mm. tell you she's saying that angrily or he's saying that sadly. Yeah, but it, but it's better though, isn't it? It's so much better than just saying he's angry or she's thinking evil thoughts or, or whatever. To just to just do it all all visually um, yeah. like this. Yeah, but I love you know I, I I write prose as well, and I love the kind of process of of prose and. You know, yeah. short story. I've never written a novel, but the kind of you know the process of short story writing, and, mm. and I'd love to read novels, but it's just a different. It's a different way of doing it. Mm. It's a different way of presenting the same information. Yeah, exactly. This comic has now got. Is it seven comics? To it? Uh, it was seven. Yes, it was seven issues originally. They were all in black and white, and I have had. Well, firstly, I had the first forty pages redrawn. Okay. And then I had everything coloured. Uh -huh. So now I have a full. So so the final edition is the is a full color graphic novel version. So it's 160 pages. So that's what I currently have on Kickstarter. It's the entire story, colored front to back. So 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 that so, so you've had your first Kickstarter. That's got all the the groundwork done. This is the one where everything is, is going to be called. I think that, that there's something of a nice build up to that though, isn't there? The fact that it has been in black and white first of all, and now yeah. it's it's in color. It's actually adding to the mood. Of it, you know, you could say, "Oh, that's like budgeting costs or whatever," but it's actually yeah. adding. Well, to yeah, the, yeah. I mean, again, yeah. adding color is just another, yeah, another heavy, hefty cost. Yeah, but. yeah, but but also it's it's creating impact because it started off in black and white, and now yes. here it is in um, in color. So this second Kickstarter got going, I think, around the the time that that I actually um, first got. Um, to know you and I'm just kind of wondering what has this process been like going through it does it mean like tons of marketing there's been a yeah there's a lot of marketing there's a lot of just talking to people on Facebook and saying hey here's my book and then there's 
and try not to be that guy that only posts about their books. So I so right. I tend to, there's there's several creator pages where creators t- you know are often keen to support each other and then there's several pages where there's just people that aren't creators but are interested in indie comics mm. so you'll one day you'll just say hey here's my book go and buy it and another day you'll you'll answer you'll be there answering people's questions and trying to be you know trying to pass on what what little experience i've built mm-hmm. I think, in the industry and so, you know so someone else is running a, a kickstarter and i'll try right. and okay. help so because, that's educating yeah, them but, on but, top of it yeah because then you're not that guy that just talk you know yeah because that guy's going to be i mean not i mean i don't do it for that reason but you know that the guy that just posts about his book is <laughs> just the guy that he, he's going to get ignored. Yeah, people sort of like being a, um, an author and like when you're very in extensively and in, in a niche kind of genre as you are, that that's kind of like a lonely. Um, <clears throat> job to be in in a way but but it really isn't you're like you're connecting with everyone basically oh yeah aren't you? i made so many connections yeah. through this process i mean perhaps if i was writing it as a novel it'd be more isolated yeah okay. i mean i, I would imagine yeah. it could be i mean I'm, I'm sure you'd still be going to the same writers groups and right. showing your work to other people so there's a certain social aspect to it yeah but i think yeah if you're working in a visual written field you're going to have a lot more connection with people because there's a lot more people you have to connect with of course so this is the last day. It's the last few, few hours of the Kickstarter now. What, what's going on today? Give the listeners a little insight well, into what, what the last day of the Kickstarter it's is. Been, it's been great. <laughs> so I've got... So I. So on the, one of the things on Kickstarter is you set a financial goal. If it reaches that goal, then, you know, the Kickstarter is considered successful and you have to then give everyone the, the thing, you know, the, the thing you were promising them. If it doesn't reach that goal, then no one, you know, everyone gets their money back, you get nothing. So I set the goal at £4,000 for this, which was which is low considering actually what I've spent, but it looks like it's going to end at around £12,000. Wow. So it's, realistically, that's... You know, that's not gonna. I mean, I am gonna make a small amount of money, which is amazing because not indie comics. Yeah, a little okay. bit, not a lot. We're not talking big money here. We're talking maybe a thousand pounds that I will probably spend updating my computer so I can play bigger games on it <laughs> <laughs> as a treat to myself. So yeah, I'm not gonna make a lot of money. But what I am going, what I have done is got the book into a lot of people's hands. Yeah, paid. You know, I'm really pleased. I've 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 paid, spent over forty thousand pounds, which has gone into people's. Income. You know, I've I've been able to employ artists. Yeah, and so this I've, is it. You're actually I've, employing yeah, people, I've giving been able people to, jobs. Yeah, I've been able yeah. to give people work, and it's a tough industry. Everyone involved in indie comics is in a tough industry. Yeah. No, you know, no one's making a lot of money apart from one or two people at the top. Mm. We're all we're we're all just trying to pay the bills. So. You do it for the love of it, yeah. you do it for the passion, yeah. and you're learning a lot as well. It's not like as if it's just a very stagnant practice, is it? You're no, learning. you really look, you really do. I really felt when I went back and to the beginning and had those the first 40 pages redone, yeah, I was really able to take a lot of lessons I'd learned from, from everything I did after that, and so those. Those that that first big section of the book is far better than it was originally, in my yeah. opinion, because I'd learned a lot about mm. about not about writing specifically, but how to write that specific field, how to specifically write comic books. Right, yeah, because it's a whole different. How does that process actually g- go for you? Do do you have to like literally think about these scenes I- in your mind, or do you just? write the, the storyline and then leave that to the artist to oh no to you have yeah there's so there's a, there's there's a couple of different schools of thought so there's one thought is known as the marvel method and this is back when 
in the early days when people like Stan Lee were writing, you know, ten different books a month. Okay. So they so they were realistically gonna have to write three hundred pages of comic book a mm. month, which is a lot. Mm. So what they would do is they'd literally just write dialogue and they'd hand that to the artist and the artist would just figure out how to draw. Oh, wow, they, okay. they they would do it was literally just here is dialogue, you figure out how it's presented. Mm. Nowadays, if you did that to any artist, they will laugh at you and probably and probably throw the papers back mm. in your face. Nowadays, you're expected to say, this, you know, here's the page, here's the overall look of the page, here's the number of panels on the page, here's exactly what I want panel one to look like, here's exactly what, yes. here's exactly the angle I want the person's head Gosh, to be. You have yeah. to you have to think about it as if you were making a film. You have to think of it shot by shot as if you're making a mm. film, and and each panel can only have one action in it because you, you know you can't say, you know, Judge Dredd draws his gun and shoots. Because that's multiple things. Yeah. So you have to spread. So if you want that action, you have to spread that out over multiple panels. So mm. you have to really think visually, but also really think, remember that it's static. Yeah. Tw twice yeah. as twice as much explanation, isn't it? Than, yeah. Than it's so it's really going in deep. And does one comic represent like one chapter, say more? Yeah, or less? I think. Yeah, I think comics don't tend to be thought of as chapters no. as such, but roughly yeah, right? yeah. and unlike in a novel of course a novel you can have a chapter of five pages and then 50 pages mm. because you're, you're, you've, you've got to have a roughly 22 pages per comic you have to be, you have to be quite structured with your chapters each chapter has to be because mm. you can't sell a comic one week that's five pages and then sell them <laughs> one the next week that's 35 pages yeah. right? people expect an approximate number of pages every week yeah. they buy a comic to that, that yeah. kind of consistency yeah it's really clever though because you know what the ones that I've read you, you get hooked you can't really just read one you need to go on, yeah, on, yeah. on to the other one and yeah. and that that's a great kind of angle to being a, a an author but an author of, of comic books because it's it's almost guaranteeing the, the continuum isn't it like if someone gets into this they're gonna keep going oh yeah I mean if someone likes a character in a comic book they will keep they will keep coming back yeah you know that's for sure it's and if and I think like I think people sometimes forget that each comic book's different. So they try a comic book and they go, I didn't like that, therefore I don't like comic books. Right. And they yeah. don't do the same for a book. They recognise the fact there's multiple different authors with multiple different styles and multiple yeah. different genres. So not not liking one novel doesn't mean you wouldn't like another. Mm. So sometimes you do get people that have read one and that decide that means I don't like comic books. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you have to open up. You know, there is Breaking different barriers, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, you're I as different as a any TV show yeah. or any book. And it's and it's a different kind of uh, storyline entirely. Um, so, in in order for you to like finish this this um, graphic novel, how many comics is going to take roughly to, to finish? The oh, whole thing? I well, <laughs> I am going to be writing a follow up to play. I have I I have my next book's called The Ghost System, which is completely different, which is set in future Manchester. Oh, okay. So it's set in Manchester in twenty forty five. It's a very different world. That's already fully written. And my next project will be to be getting that into the world. But in the meantime, I will be, well, I have just started writing Plainer Jane Part 2, which will be the, you know, I'm not planning on stretching this out. Right. I yeah. have, a, I have, I'm not quite sure how it concludes, but I have a rough idea in my head. Mm. My plan is to to do it over four or five comic book issues, around 120 pages. Okay. And it's, and it's done. I've, wow. I know who's in the final battle. Well, that, well, and that's I kind of know how the final battle comes out. 
the rest of it still, still needs to kind of mm. present itself to me if that doesn't sound too pretentious. <laughs> no, no. So, so in, in terms of the, the fan base, we know that you have built up quite a fan base with this. Do, do their interactions with you actually um, influence your decisions about this? No. Or is... <laughs> no. no, I yeah. don't think you can do that. Mm. I don't think... I, do, I, I think... Listen, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most experienced writer by any means, but I do think, I do believe a writer should be in charge of their writing. I'll and tell you no one, and no one, should, and no, you know, and if someone says, "Oh, I think this character should do that more," mm. unless you really think that's a brilliant idea, yeah. you should, you should entirely ignore that. <laughs> the reason why I asked you that, though, is uh, I've spoken to people before that are doing various Kickstarters, and sometimes it feels like they become a bit people pleasing in order to like guarantee the funds. Yeah, and no, but. You, <laughs> I can understand that. Mm. I mean, I'm, I certainly. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I, I would certainly imagine I'd be more polite sometimes on Kickstarter than I might be in real life. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. There are. So there, you, you know. You, you, you do have to. Yeah. You, you do have to come across as a half reasonable person. Yeah. But yeah. in the end, it's it's a I, battle, isn't yeah. it, between what you want and what they they might want, and how they're going to give the. So, in, like in terms but, of the structure of this and. What? How, how do you portray it? You say I, I'm launching this Kickstarter to get the, this comic um, off the ground. Is it just purely investment, or are, are they like getting some kind of no, return no, on if, it? No, you get the but you know the the series. I mean, you can sell anything you want on Kickstarter. It's not yeah. just a comic book, you know, thing. And yeah. but you, it's not it's not GoFundMe. It's not you give me the money for me to do something and you get nothing in return. So that's it's not difference. a charity. It's okay. right. Yeah, or a donation. It's I have this product. It will cost me this much to make. Mm. If enough of you give me this much, I can make it, and then you all get it. Right. It's, that's essentially the steps yeah. of it. Okay. So yeah, I I have this comic. It's going to cost me three thousand pounds to make. Essentially, yeah. is you know was what I did on my first issue. Mm -hmm. If enough, yeah, you know, if a hundred of you give me thirty pounds, or if two hundred of you give me fifteen pounds, you price, you know, and then I price the comic at a reasonable amount, and mm. enough people chose to, you know, they're essentially pre-ordering something. But yeah. In the end, it's, that's really what it is. You're pre-ordering yeah. something. Yeah, and and that is based on them being becoming a, a real fan yeah. of this, which uh, it's quite easily to do, dear listener, if you want to take a look. I mean, do, do, if people want to see, can they see examples? They can see like a few examples. Yeah, there? there's loads. Yeah, there's yeah. loads. The, well, that's the one The one thing you really, is a real key to success on platforms like Kickstarter is mm. to have a lot of stuff already done. Yeah. Because if you just write, if you just describe the thing, yeah. you need to show that, not necessarily that you that it's that it's finished, but that you're capable of finishing it. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got, you know, let's say you present like, you know, if your book's 30 pages, if you can say, you know, here's 10 pages, people will go, okay. This yeah. person, this person, ha you know, has some kind of process that works. Yeah, yeah. and obviously it, it is so so professional looking. Are you always going to stick with it with the same artists now? Well, I've no, I've got an entirely new artist again. Wow. He's okay. From, yeah, he's come, Raphael is called from the, he's from the Philippines. Right. Again, somewhere. Again, you know, and you again, need to he's educate him on Manchester. Have you know any of these ever been to Manchester? You know what? He, he was. He's, so he's so my next book is I think it's 120 pages. He did. He did. He's done seven of them, and I'm expecting eighteen more in about two weeks. Right. He picked up really quickly. Like okay. immediately, he was sending me pages, and I was just going, "That looks right." Wow. Yeah. He didn't need much. He didn't need much coaxing at all to get the right look. 
That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it, feel, it, it feels like he's just it's sitting on the streets of Manchester driving <laughs> <laughs> this stuff. I'll have, we'll have to send you some. He's probably, he's probably astrally projecting <laughs> and having yeah. a look around. Um, so as I listen to this process, it what really strikes me is how human it all is. You know, you really got to interact with the your artists yeah. and and all this. What are your views on on AI art? Oh, yeah. And well, could it's... could they produce a com- could they produce Planar Jane? <laughs> no, I mean I'd, I I wouldn't. I mean it's it's a big it's a big problem. It's a big fear within the industry because of course people that whose job it is it you know i mean let me so the, i mean to start with it's you we've got to remember that ai is take is learning by Humans. by taking the existing yeah. work of other other artists so yeah. you know it's quite plagiaristic in that aspect mm. and it, it's potentially going to be something that's going to land a lot of people in court you are seeing we are starting to see cases already of people presenting of selling something that's AI art and then artists being able to f- identify their yes. art in it yeah, and then that becoming a, a legal case yeah. but also AI art has started now to reference other AI art yeah yeah it's backtracking on itself well that would be a that would be a vicious circle mm. that would actually send it because then all the, the mistakes it make it makes it makes a game it'll remake it will more time yes. will replicate so actually potentially AI art could kind of eat itself almost <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're not fearful then you're not like one of these people that think that it's going to be like the death of artists well no I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm fearful of, of yeah I'm fearful of people losing losing jobs I'm fearful that it's going to be used for writing because I don't think it's going to make good writing it's going to make it's going to make very you know, saleable writing. Yeah. I think you could, I think, I do think it's almost at the stage where you could, you could script a very, you know, a movie that would sell. Right, a lot, okay. But it would not be a good movie. Yeah. You know, it mm. would be, you know what I mean? It would, yeah. it would be, tr- it would be trite and trivial and I don't think it's, soulless I think it, maybe. It could, yeah, it would be soulless, but it would, but it, because the, the only thing it would really do is look at all the most successful tropes in movies, all the things that make people buy tickets and mm. replicate them over and over and over and over again. Okay. So wow. it could be used to make things that sell a lot of money, but it wouldn't, I don't think it be used to make things that are good. Well, that's that's good news for for you then. <laughs> Don't well, believe it. <laughs> listen, if I can't outright AI at this stage, I have to quit. <laughs> oh no, no, I think I think you're only getting going with this. But I mean, I feel like the um, the potentials are, are limitless because people that are interested in comics, obviously, they love comic con. So I mean, w- would you think of? I don't know, d- designing certain costumes that people could wear. I'm, I'm imagining we, you could take the, the artists into like doing, I don't know, some some merch in particular. Yeah, so <laughs> Planar Jane, I did, I did think about like, if Planar Jane was like a big thing, mm. I was like, I've really missed out because there's not really many cosplay opportunities there. Right. But my next book, because it's set in the future and it's quite steampunk. I've got cosplay covered in my next book. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I think that's probably where the, the money is going to really be in to kind of like extend it onto I, I need to get that T-shirt or I need to get that <laughs> yeah. costume and I need to be dressing up. But yeah, I guess that, that will maybe be good that your next project may be good for playing a Jane as well because they'll be like Who, who's the, yeah. the the back person behind this who's the originator yeah and there's definite similarities between you know between the characters they're all I think everyone writes a little bit of themselves so there's yeah. definite similarities in the in the characters there's definitely a sense of isolation in both of them and mm. there's definite kind of 
they go about things in a very different way, but they definitely have very kind of direct goals okay. that they follow. And is that going to be a strong female lead again, then? No, no, the, no. Ghost Systems are male lead, character, okay. called, character called Sorrow. Wow, okay. So and again, it's not a choice, it's not really my... my I, I didn't go, oh, I'm going to write a male lead this time, it's just that character came to me. And so I started, literally, yeah, what's, what's That's what came to, to me, yeah. yeah. No, well, I think that's like the, the best reason, just go with what's actually yeah. coming to you. I, I can I can see it as like an actual TV show or uh, uh, some kind of motion picture. Have you got any thoughts around that? You know, like the way the way we see like the the, the Spider Man animated movies or something like this. Would you would you ever go down that route? Would you or would you want to go down the route of this actually um, be sold as a TV series and have people? Yeah, I think it would. I would prefer it. I think. If, I mean, look, I, you know, that's not something I'm I'm thinking as a, a possibility at the moment. But I think it would be. I'd like to see. I'd like to see it in. You know, if I my own. You know. Yeah. If I got my way, filmed in Manchester on the the you know on those actual locations that I've put it on. Yeah. Live oh, wow, action and a, t- yeah. and a TV series because I think film format tells a story in a certain way but TV series has the advantage that you can unfold over a period of time yes, a little bit yeah. more I think it it's I, the next I think it was level, worthy of it? unfolding yeah. the story it's it's the next level from the comic books because obviously the comic books have that element of unfolding and this yeah. would be like going in deeper in a way so and I think like some some people actually like to watch something and then go back to the comic book yeah. again and stuff and like that and so many things are made from comic books you yeah. know and it's not just superhero stuff I mean have you, have you been watching Heartstoppers oh yeah of course that's a graphic novel yeah yeah, you know, and it's and you know it's not superheroes; it's just real people in real lives exactly. just dealing with their situations. There's no special powers or you know crime or anything. It's <laughs> this, so these comic books, graphic novels are not just superheroes. Mm. They're 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 human. They're the they can be that, but yeah. they're also the, the same human stories that we live every day. They are a way of getting people into the literary world that that would not otherwise they would they would not like approach a book really just a book with no pictures or anything I think but. most of us start, I mean I think most of us do start off in a way we we start off firstly with picture books you yeah, know the first thing exactly. we do we start yeah. off with words and pictures mm. and then you know we, we might read some Roald Dahl or some Enid Blyton or something to get a bit older but we'll also you know read the Beano or the Dandy or you know mm. a, a comic you know another yeah. kind of comic book yeah and then it's just the, the waiting for, for the next yeah and it, issue. so you know when we're kids we tend to we, we start off with what are essentially comic books yeah yeah, that's no. really what gets us all into reading. Re- yeah, yeah, very true. So, so if anyone want, wants to um, be be part of this Kickstarter, it's it's finishing at, at nine o'clock today. Nine o'clock today. Yeah, it's on the yeah. So it's not yeah. It's finishing at nine o'clock, and that that's it's the only way to get it really. So yeah, I'm actually yeah. made. I made a tiny URL to make it easier. Okay. So, tiny URL <laughs> forward slash PJ novel. Wow, okay, so you can't get simpler than nope, that. No, tinyurl.com forward slash PJ Novel. Right, okay. We'll get you to, oh, and Broken Face Comics on yeah. Twitter, Blue Sky, Instagram, okay. Facebook. Yeah. Wow. It's been great to, to speak to you, and I love the fact that you've kind of like gone in with all these uh, Joy Division uh, titles as well. Is, is that going to be something that will continue through your writing in general, well, where you I do, use the, the influences from music? Yeah, so, so you'll, you'll like this. So in my next book, there's, a, there's an unseen DJ. Oh, okay. Who is just? I, I'm reference. I'm just putting. They're, they're kind of peppering various scenes with, ah. with just almost you know, almost off camera, 
with okay. their lovely comments about Manchester and what's going on at the time, and then they always play a song. You ah, know, an yeah. old, an old, even though it's set in 2045, they play the oldest, ah. so they always play an old <laughs> Manchester song. That, that is a great yeah. idea, yeah. I think that's why I got into radio, to just be a voice. Just yeah, be a and they are, they're just a mysterious, <laughs> unseen voice. They just carry the story, sometimes add to it, or sometimes they're just there for colour and for fun. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, it's great marketing and disguise in, in, in a way, because it's like if you mention the DJ is playing such and such a thing, then from then on, always when the person hears that, they'll think, oh, and that reminds me of that book. Yeah, but of course we can't use, we can't use lyrics, because lyrics are copyrighted. Mm. You can use... Can you, you can use titles, though, can't you? You can use titles. You? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. 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 So... Um, Would you ever go into songwriting? Songwriting I a, itself? I was in a band when I was, like, 18, and it wasn't very good. <laughs> So yeah, he was every that. famous thing, dear listener. Uh, well, I wasn't. I was a terrible. I was a terrible lead singer. <laughs> you got the look like you should be in a band, though. I, you could just I got, literally stand I got there. I a stock cake and a Waterman contract. Oh wow! Wow, you should have got involved. When I was like nineteen. Oh god, you should like say that you that, that that's still going because I think they're making stock. Oh, um, they're making the musical now, aren't they? So it's all coming back. Just probably, they're just spotted me in a club enough and asked me to go to the studio. <laughs> telling me just like quickly before you go you were telling me that you were rubbing shoulders with like plenty of celebs but from your circus days yeah well i used to work i worked on like i worked with like johnny vegas anton deck apollo grady the late he's great, just rolling them off great the tongue, Paulo grady, I, I, yeah i, I adored great. working with Gosh. and people i was yeah i was doing i was doing circus and variety stuff on the on a lot of tv shows wow yeah. what, what what was your favorite experience from that a favourite single experience was probably doing. I broke a world record for a suspended straitjacket escape on Paul O'Grady's show. Wow! That was, that was great. <laughs> Is there still footage of this? Oh Can yeah, we, it's on, uh, you, on you, YouTube. David Straitjacket on YouTube. All oh, right. There's oh, I'm, I'm going to be looking at that. Looking much I, younger and fitter. <laughs> <laughs> this is radio. He looks. He still looks young and fit. <laughs> he doesn't. Um, right. So. So you've got your steampunk. That's going to be a novel, not a comic. Though. No, that's going to be a, a four-issue comic. Oh, it's going to yeah, be a comic yeah. again. Yeah. So, so you've got the bug for comics now. You think it's going to be something that you continue with? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's. It, I think it suits my writing style. Yeah. I mean, I write. I might sit down and write a novel one day. Yeah. I've written. I just. I just wrote a play recently, which I think I was, you. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, about the, about just the play I got the, stuff. I just yeah. decided I wanted to. Well, that's the best. No, you decide the best things, yeah. and it's like I, I was going to say. Would Would you ever like con condense it? You know, like to create. I don't know more more platform for this. Could condense something from playing a Jane into a into a play. I could imagine that that you could do it. Just kind of like to. I mean, it's sure it's possible. It feels yeah. like it doesn't feel like it's play worthy, but I mean, anything is in the anything, anything is anything, these days. Anything yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. So watch this space, dear listener. Yeah, and you, you're. Um, your plays are, are amazing as as well, and yeah. So, so that was why you were such such a natural at the drama group because you've done <laughs> done all this celebrity stuff um, already. Um, so it's been great to to speak to you. Give, give all your socials um, a plug one more time because I'm conscious that you got to get back. Sure. To so it's work. Broken Face Comics on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and just just I just got onto Blue Sky as well. Oh wow! That's okay. Quite fun. And you can find the book tinyurl.com PJ novel brilliant so you, so you gotta let us know how this um, goes for you and when when you're um, doing your steampunk 
uh, comic series come back and, and tell us all Will about do. it thanks for having me <laughs> no worries been great. We, we got there at last from May till July we got there we got you in the studio been great to, to have you on so, so we're going to um, uh, finish now with a bit of uh, Joy Division again with Love Will Tear Us Apart oh, nice mm-hmm. 